I'm Kyle Paletto, and welcome to Walkthrough, Sifter's new weekly recap on the biggest news in gaming. Each Sunday, I'll take you through the biggest updates, exciting reveals, and controversies in video games. Here's the news for Sunday 20th of March. Let's go. Elden Ring has continued to break records with over 12 million copies sold since its release on February 25. To show just how big of a deal that is, Kyle Orland from ArsTechnica.com has written about the feat in the context of From Software's previous hits and some of the best-selling games of all time. The top-selling From Software title before Elden Ring was Dark Souls 3, which has sold an impressive 11 million copies. The main difference that shows just how popular this game is is that Dark Souls 3 took four years to achieve that number, which Elden Ring surpassed in just three weeks. At this rate, Elden Ring is set to overtake the biggest hits in modern gaming. It's on a similar trajectory as The Witcher 3, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Red Dead Redemption 2, and even Grand Theft Auto 5. It's impossible to predict if the sales streak will continue in the coming months, but with recent discoveries of a hidden wall that only breaks with 50 sword strikes that was completely unknown until this week, it's fair to say there's a bit more to discover. Check the show notes for the link to Kyle's full article, breaking down all the numbers. If you want to hear what the Sifter team thought about this game, check out Mainstream in your podcast player right now. Adam Christou goes in-depth about why this game is really special. On Thursday, we were treated to an extended look at the game I'm probably most looking forward to this year, Hogwarts Legacy. Sony presented a 15-minute state of play which revealed details about gameplay mechanics, hints at the main story, and a brief behind the scenes with the developers. The game is a third-person role-playing title developed by Avalanche Software, who has done a lot of movie tie-in games like Cars 3 and the Disney Infinity series. In the preview, we got a look at the wand-based combat, which seems really visceral and magical, and I'm really keen to find out more about the customization possibilities of characters. But what impressed me more than anything was the recreation of Hogwarts, like the shifting room of requirement, and I can't wait to explore the castle and get lost in the extended world, which has got me really excited. We didn't see any Quidditch and only around 10 seconds of broom flight was shown, so it'll be interesting to see how much flying plays into the final game. We can't not mention that the creator of Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling, has been sharing some frankly hateful views about transgender people online recently, views that are fringe and that we completely reject. So this title comes at a fraught time for the series, and I'm sure it will impact the reception of the title. We'll link some reporting on this in the show notes of this episode if you'd like a few different perspectives to make up your own mind. Hogwarts Legacy was originally due to release last year, but this newest update gives us the clearest launch window yet, as you'll be able to pick it up on all platforms later this year. Hello, Captain. How may I be of assistance? We also got another sneak peek at Bethesda's new upcoming IP, Starfield. In the second episode of the devlog titled Into the Starfield, Made for Wanderers, The team talks about the new tech being used to create character models, the different factions that players will be able to explore, and a modern take on those older RPG stat systems you might remember. As far as factions go, the United Colonies will represent a sort of galactic republic. The Freestar Collective is described as the space western fantasy. There's a corporate faction called Reagent Industries and some space pirates called the Crimson Fleet. Here is game director Todd Howard on how they are modernizing the RPG stat sheet for this game. A lot of us have been doing this for a long time together, and it's nice with Starfield to go back to some things we didn't do, the backgrounds, the traits, the defining your character, all of those stats. Um, and I think there's so many games now that do those things that people are ready for something that 
that does a lot of the things that, you know, older hardcore RPGs, some that we used to do, doing those again in, in a new way. Speaking of older systems, the team working on Starfield want to try to bring back the persuasion mechanic from the Elder Scrolls Oblivion and are promising more engaging and personal conversations with NPCs and companions. Since being announced three years ago, we've only had a bit more than 20 minutes of updates about this game, but the slow drip feed is definitely working as I'm very interested to learn more. Starfield will be coming exclusively to Xbox and PC platforms after Bethesda was purchased by Microsoft in September of 2020 in a move that's likely to sell a few consoles and Game Pass subscriptions. Speaking of Xbox, this week Microsoft highlighted some of the indie titles coming to the platform soon at the ID and Xbox stream. Sam Barlow, creator of Her Story, will be working on a new interactive film trilogy called Immortality, where you dig through old films to piece together a narrative. Kiwi developers A44, who you may know from their debut title Ashen, have announced a new game. It's called Flintlock The Siege of Dawn, and it's an open-world action RPG with magic gunpowder set during the apocalypse. Cursed to Golf is a cool-looking 16-bit SNES-inspired side-scrolling game with some exciting-looking characters where you're trapped in golf purgatory and need to play golf to escape. Look, it's a wild one, but it looks really interesting. Tunic, the Fox Zelda-like adventure game that critics are loving, was released last week, but in a surprise announcement, the title has been made available at launch for Game Pass subscribers. And we got a quick look at Trek to Yomi, a game that puts you into the sandals of a 1950s or 1960s samurai film, including film grain and a black and white aesthetic, combined with engaging and satisfying combat, which will be out later this year. We've got a preview and the first 45 minutes of gameplay up on sifter.com.au right now, so go check it out. The rumour mill is grinding away as those hopeful for a GoldenEye remaster got a little bit of a tease this week with a trademark renewal. Videogameschronicle.com reported that Danjack LLC, the company that holds the rights to much of the James Bond franchise elements, has been granted an extension to use the trademark. The game has been in legal purgatory for decades and despite fans crying out for a remaster, it's never quite happened. 2022 marks the 60th anniversary of the James Bond franchise, which has fans wildly speculating that this could be the perfect time to bring back the adored N64 classic. The game was originally developed by Rare when they were one of the main third-party developers for Nintendo consoles, but Rare is now owned by Microsoft and develops exclusively for Xbox. Rare's spiritual successor to GoldenEye, Perfect Dark, has been available to play for years as it doesn't have the legal complexities of the Bond series. A contract renewal in most circumstances means that others are prevented from using the name, so you won't see anything like GoldenEye contact lenses, for example, anytime soon, but it's still given fans some hope. Jordan Midler at Video Games Chronicle has broken down the recent history of remake rumours, so if you're keen to get caught up, check out the show notes for a link to his full article. Eric Barone, who develops under the pseudonym Concerned Ape, developer of Stardew Valley, says he's going to be self-publishing from now on after third-party teams handling the latest update on Android devices weren't able to deliver them quickly enough. On Twitter, Barone wrote that he would be taking over publishing for the release of Stardew Valley for Android and will be doing the same for all future releases, a move he says has been a long time coming. In the past, Barone would develop the games and then hand them off to publishers. 
but the team he entrusted to publish Stardew Valley for Android has taken a lot longer than he expected to deliver, prompting this decision. In October last year, Barone announced their next game, The Haunted Chocolatier, which is looking like an interesting mix of combat, cooking, and adventure, and development is ongoing. Head over to at ConcernedApe on Twitter to read the full thread and Q&A he has been doing with his followers. The Itch Bundle for Ukraine has now raised 6.37 million US dollars, which is approximately 8.5 million Australian, at its final count, which closes out on an amazingly successful indie game campaign on Friday. 736 creators donated their games, books, music, and more to support the people impacted by war for the humanitarian charities International Medical Corps and Voices of Children. And off the back of that campaign, Humble Bundle has just launched their own fundraiser, the Stand With Ukraine Bundle, benefiting four different charities and includes games like Back for Blood, Satisfactory, Metro Exodus, Fable Anniversary, and the Australian-made Ring of Pain. Overall, there are around 120 items in this bundle, which you can pick up for a bit less than a brand new game at around $55. That's all for news. Here's what's coming out this week. The latest installment in the Kirby franchise, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, has fans pumped. This full 3D title is giving off major Super Mario Odyssey vibes, and the new mouthful mode looks like a lot of dumb fun. This could be the perfect companion game for anyone struggling with Elden Ring and wanting a light-hearted break from all the death and destruction. Action-adventure game Ghostwire Tokyo is finally here after its original 2021 release date was scrapped. Boasting six different graphical modes to choose from on the PlayStation 5, I can't wait to see how this game looks and performs. Lastly, we have the Borderlands spin-off Tiny Tina's Wonderland. This D&D-inspired FPS RPG has been getting great reviews based on previews, and we here at Sifter can't wait to get our hands on it. Tiny Tina's Wonderland will be available on all platforms except for Switch, and will feature cross-play co-op on launch. All three of these massive titles will be hitting the shelves this Wednesday. Articles to read, videos to watch, and podcasts to listen to. Sifter.com.au And that's it for this week. This has been Walkthrough by Sifter. My name is Kyle Paletto. Thank you so much for listening. Sifter is produced by Nicholas Kennedy, Fiona Bartholomeus, Daniel Ang, and Adam Christou. Mitch Lowe is senior producer, and Gianni DiGiovanni is our executive producer. Thanks to Brian Fairbanks from Salty Dog Sounds for composing the Walkthrough theme tune. Thanks to Omni Studios for their support of Sifter. If you'd like to support Sifter's independent gaming journalism, you can share our three shows, Lightmap, Mainstream, and Walkthrough, with your friends or on social media, give us a five-star rating or review. Want to talk more about some of the biggest stories in games? Why not join the Sifter Discord? It's a chill, friendly community of creative people, and one of our favorite things to do is see what you're working on. Music, games, photography, 3D printing, you name it, our community makes it. Visit sifter.com.au slash discord to join and show us what you've got in the Promote Your Work channel. That address again is sifter.com.au slash discord. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with more news next Sunday.